Welcome and hello to this week's edition of the Redheaded Preacher Podcast. I'm Richard Lanford. I'm the pastor of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois, and I get to be the Redheaded Preacher, a gift of God by nature because of my red hair and uh, also a gift of God because I've been called to be the pastor here and have served here for, for several years. Uh, today's message is called Remember Who You Are, and I am keying off of primarily Matthew 5, verses 13 and 14, where Jesus talks to the disciples and those who can listen beyond the immediate crowd on the mount. Um, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And uh, I hope you'll enjoy this uh, dive into these verses and uh, be inspired. I uh, did some tweaking yesterday to improve it. You won't recognize that, but I hope you end up being inspired as well. Please join me, if you can, in a brief moment of prayer. Great Jesus, loving Jesus, thank you for your word to us. Thank you for opening our ears to hear it. Thank you for opening our minds to cooperate with your spirit, to not only hear it, but to build our lives on it. As you warned us at the end of Matthew 7, to be like the wise one who builds our houses on a rock by not only hearing your word, but but doing it. So move in our minds and hearts as we listen to the scriptures and to uh, this homily. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just a side note, this Sunday, February 5th, 2023, is also our installation Sunday. And so there will be some references to our incoming and returning members of our church boards and our officers. And without any further uh, words, let's turn to Olivia Altmeyer, our elector. Our first reading is from the book of the prophet Isaiah 58, verse 1 through the first part of verse 9. Often heard on Ash Wednesday, the passage starts out as a condemnation of Israel's hypocrisy, then, like Micah 6.8, provides the recipe for true repentance. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness, and did not forsake the ordinance of their God. They did not they asked me for righteous judgment, they delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast, but you do not see? Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interests on your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and to strike with a wicked fist. Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes. Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this fast, 
Is not this the fast that I choose? To lose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and not to hide yourself from your own kin? Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly. Your vindicator shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. This ends the reading from Isaiah. Will those who are able please rise for the reading of the gospel lesson? Last Sunday, we heard the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Today, the sermon continues with chapter 5, verses 13 through 20. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not one letter, not one stroke of a letter, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Here ends the reading from Matthew and the scripture readings for this morning's service. Thanks be to God for this, the word of God for the people of God. Some of you know who Jane Wedlin is. She's a member of the Go-Go's. A week and a half ago, I got a Facebook post of hers that someone shared to me. And in this post, there's a picture of David Bowie and his quote, Aging is an extraordinary process where you become the person you always should have been. The person you always should have been. Aging, maturation, it's a hopeful take on aging. Perhaps it pertains to spiritual growth, too. And that takes time and effort and discipline, and with those things, cooperation with the Holy Spirit. Yet, according to Jesus, we already are some things. He said so. He did not qualify what he told his followers, as in, you will be, you can be, or you should be. So while claiming the need for spiritual growth, and maybe David Bowie's observation, those do not negate the truth of Jesus' claim about who we are now. You are the salt of the earth. 
You are, I am, along with you, the salt of the earth. And the words you are are plural. The verb are, it's, and the, 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 the you are is plural for you, y'all. You know, you guys, you, all of you are you're salt and you all are light. So it's not only a word for Christian individuals, but groups of disciples like a church, a planet-wide church even. You are. I am. We are. The church is. The salt of the earth and the light of the world reflected light. Jesus says so. Douglas Hare said of these declarations, each Christian is individually called to be such a light, but in Matthew 5, verses 13 and 14, the community as a whole is challenged to fulfill its corporate mission of serving as salt and light for the world. Such a task cannot be accomplished by independent individuals. It is one we must work at together. Or I would say, it is one we must be together. Kitchen salt shaker. Church kitchen. Isn't every salt shaker in a kitchen? Don't answer that. No single grain of salt is going to affect anything. Not even, you know, a, a couple, a little bit, depending on, unless you're trying to really mind, you know, let's not get into too much qualification here. You'll get, it, you'll get the point that only as a slew of grains in concert with all the others will salt have its desired effect. This is a we program. Douglas Hare also said that Jesus' statement refers to not our status, but our function. Of our being salt, he paraphrased, you must add zest to the life of the world. The flavoring, the zesting, is one of our functions as the salt of the earth. We are, not we might be, we are the salt of the earth. We are the flavoring or zesting of the earth together. We are the salt. Jesus said so. Now, besides being a flavoring, salt is also a preservative. Before there was refrigeration, spoiling things, spoilable things, like fish, were surrounded by salt. As one writer put it, salt stops <clears throat> corruption. Well, spoilage is corruption. I like that application to the church. Beyond food spoilage, because we do have refrigeration and freezers, we are those, as the salt of the earth, we are those who stop corruption in the earth. So whether it is to be used as a flavoring or a preservative, salt does not exist for itself. No, it's not supposed to stay here all the time. It's supposed to be poured out. Frederick Bruner reminds us, salt does not exist for itself, but to be poured out, we followers of Jesus are salt of the earth, to be together poured out. So salt does not exist for itself. Christians do not exist for themselves only. So how we are disciples of Jesus Christ 
bring zestiness to the world is like how we promote grace in the world and justice in the world. In a hard and suffering and cynical and skeptical world, grace and integrity are welcome flavoring. This teaching does have a warning. Although according to a local pastor in Skokie, salt cannot chemically lose its saltiness or functional properties, at least Jesus then said it could become, somehow, worthless. If the function, I don't know, any church, somebody said, any church that adapts itself so completely to the secular world around it that its distinctive calling is forgotten may have rendered itself useless. I was talking with a colleague last Thursday uh, who told me that when that church makes decisions on where to send benevolences, he tries to get them to first support Christian or faith-based programs, not to exclude others, but let's look at these first. He lamented that this approach means nothing to those deciding members. A faith basis in directing at least some of their giving doesn't seem to speak to them per his observation. Now, I would never presume to say that that church is losing its uniqueness or zest as Christians, but that particular example sounds like a possible preamble. Those installed this morning, you too are the salt of the earth to be poured out along with the rest of us in service to others as well as to this community of faith. Season the church and prevent spoilage or corruption. Keep us an interesting, faithful, unique, and tasty body of Christ. If the world wants flavor, it need look no further than disciples gathered together and poured out and spread out. I've no doubt that our ethics of love, peace, forgiveness, generosity, service, mercy, honesty, and justice have helped keep society from the Roman Empire moving forward, if imperfectly, if not also helping slow the world's decay. We are also the light of the world, reflected light, as I said, from the true light of the world, Jesus. A function again, and a gathered thing again, because it's still plural. To be the light of the world involves doing good works that people can see and for which be moved to praise God. A light that shines broadly unto the world, not just upon Palatine or Palestine or Niles Township. Professor Hare wrote, in what sense then can the church be described as the light of the world? In a derived sense only. It is only as the church genuinely proclaims Christ as Lord, that is, not by mouthing theological platitudes, but by manifesting his life in its life, that the church can truly be the light of the world. As Isaiah 49, verse 6 makes clear, to be a light to the Gentiles means servanthood, end quote. 
the church and individuals of the faith have been shining the light of the love of God for almost 2,000 years. Imperfectly, as I said, we've got some not very proud moments in our history. We are fallible. We are sinners under grace, as Luther said. But Jesus says we are light. And he expounded expounded upon that to let us know that means we're doing good works that move others to praise God. As salt and light are who we are, and what functions we serve together, it makes sense to agree with Frederick Dale Bruner that, quote, the purpose of life is the glory of God. We as salt and light, as board members, officers, members, friends, followers of Jesus of every stripe, poured out together with flavor and appeal, with showing love and integrity in all we do and how we are, that glorifies God. We glorify God. Isaiah 58, which Olivia read part of, points us to ways that you and I, our congregation and congregations partnered together, can flavor the earth with love and love distributed. To prevent or push back on corruption in the world, and honor our God. These ways include the kind of fast the Lord chooses. We can partner with others who loose the bonds of injustice, who undo the thongs of the yoke, let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke, to share our bread with the hungry, bring the homeless poor into our houses, clothe the naked, and not turn away hoping someone else will take care of them. I'm thinking that Christians need to continue letting the world know that we are and we bring salt and light in good works and how we do them, being poured out, especially for the uplifting of the least of these and the downtrodden. Habitat for Humanity has Christian origins, a just harvest and Bread for the World, and the Night Ministry, and Lutheran Church Charities, the Community Renewal Society, and Presbyterians for Earth Care, among so many others, have Christian origins. We work with others in and outside the faith and fulfill our highest calling, being used by God to bring love in word and deed to those most in need. May we look for such opportunities to partner with such churches and others to bring honor to our Savior, who says we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. As the sermon title, excuse me, the homily title says, let us then remember who we are. Well, that about does it for this week's edition of the podcast. It occurred to me afterwards that for me to ask you to remember that you are the salt of the earth and you are the light of the world, reflected light, it's a gift. It can come across as a burden. Oh, I have, you know, I have to be this way or function, do these functions.
and uh, at, in, in service and as an expression of like Christ's life in my life. And I could see how that might come across that way or it might at some point upon reflection or upon just walking the road of discipleship. So if that does come, just uh, an encouragement to remember that it's a gift from Jesus, that we are this, that we are servants, and it's not always going to be easy, but it's part of who we are. And so that's good news. Thank you so much again for listening, and I hope you will tune in the next chance you get when we have another podcast up. Thanks again for listening. May God bless you, and may God bless your week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.